Casper Mattress sponsors the David Steinberg podcast. That makes them a very smart mattress company, so far as I'm concerned. So I have a Casper mattress. I thought, well, a mattress is a mattress. But my dog Izzy is 85 pounds, and he moves around all night with the Casper mattress. When he's lying somewhere next to me, next to my wife, we have enough room. He has enough room. The mattress stays still. Uh, It's nice. The Casper mattress is engineered at a shockingly fair price. It's just the right amount of sink and bounce. It has two technologies, latex and memory foam, that come together for an incredible night's sleep. You get a free trial with a return policy, so you have 100 days with free delivery and painless returns. It's also made in America. $500 for a twin-size mattress and $950 for a king-size mattress. Comparing that to industry averages, that's an outstanding price point. Get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting www.casper.com Steinberg and use Steinberg as your promo code. Terms and conditions apply. I know, but I've been around a long time Long enough to know I'm talking to Chris Elliott, who... We've worked together. We, we know each back. other a, lo- a long time. Yes. And Chris is now on a show. You're on a show called Shit's Creek. Can you say that on this podcast? <laughs> of course. What's funny is that some shows will not allow you to say that. They will chyron it. Is chyron still a thing? Yeah, yeah. On television? <laughs> yes, it's a term. I, okay. I wouldn't know any other term. Okay. They can spell it underneath it. Yes, because it's Because spelled- it's S-C-H-I-T-T-S. And it's a name. It's a yeah. real name. Yes. But you can't say it. Some shows won't let you say it. Uh-huh. They'll say blank creek, you know, <laughs> it, which makes no sense at all to me. I don't get it. And uh, it was really hard to promote the show when uh, the first yeah. season. Um, yeah, be- because, because people of that. were, everyone was afraid of it. Everybody was afraid of it. But, you know, lip shits is a name. <laughs> yes. So you can't, you don't say yeah. lip blank. Yes. Right. You say <laughs> lip shits. Yeah. Yeah. Now, did you and Gene Levy work together before? And never will again. <laughs> no, I met him at Letterman when John Candy and him came on and did the Schmengi Brothers. Mm-hmm. In the early, early years, early week maybe of late night with David Letterman, and I just met him in the hallway, met his eyebrows in the hallway, <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> they have a firm handshake, yes. they have a really firm brow shake. Yes. But that was the only time and then out of the blue I got this call do you want to do this presentation for this show with Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara and it's just one of those things of course of course why, why yes. wouldn't I yeah and it's both daughters are in show business and yes. and they get as depressed as I do all the time I, I think it's genetic but <laughs> with the only advice I've ever given them it's not advice but the truth of this and you know it too is that this business is terrible it's a hard hard business but the best part of it is that every now and then out of the blue something wonderful yes. like that happens yes. you yes. suddenly get yes. i know that sounds you know no no schmaltzy, but, but it's true yeah out of the blue a show with eugene levy and Catherine o'hara yes. and, I, and, and the, i'm doing nothing of course <laughs> that's great and <laughs> you know <laughs> yes i mean that's it's like getting this podcast yes. which, not not exactly but close you get paid more on Shit's Creek than you Not do. a hell of a lot more. Uh, Less, it's Canadian it's dollars. It's Canadian, yeah, yeah. They don't like to be extravagant about <laughs> no. 
anything in Canada. <laughs> they're, they're so but conservative. I, but I, you know, I've worked in Canada before. I worked in Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary. It was the first time I've ever worked in uh, Toronto, mm-hmm. and I love it. I love it up there. It's yeah. really fun. It, it seems like a like people are pretending to be in New York City. It seems yes. like people are pretending that they're in a city. It's Brigadoon-like in some way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You think at night it's going to disappear. <laughs> right, right. And the next day they'll all come back. Yeah, no, it's it's like a bunch of extras. A bunch of walking, extras, yeah. Walking around. Yeah. To say please and thank you yeah, a lot. Yeah, th- thank you, and, and where's the holding room? <laughs> <laughs> So describe uh, Gene, because, well, I'll tell you my Gene story. <laughs> so I did a show there that, that your dad did, we'll talk about. Yeah. Everyone auditioned for me. John Candy brought everyone in, because yeah. I knew John. It was the SCTV group. These are like as funny character right. comedians or comedians as ever that right. you could find. I just couldn't get over it. And then Marty Short said, Gene Levy, you got to get Gene Levy. So I said, good. Gene came in. I said, Gene. So nice to meet you, you know, and I've heard so many great things. At that time, there had been no SCT. They hadn't done anything together. So I said, Gene, just tell me a little something about yourself. And for real, he just stared at me. (laughs) He didn't say anything. And I didn't know. I looked behind me. I looked around. And I said, just, you know, let's just start anywhere. Just I want to know something about you because everyone says you're so great. And then he looked around the room, and then he was touching the fabric of the table. And I thought this is a, a character of some kind. No, I know that look well. I know that look well. It's, it's so a... I passed on him. I, got, I took everyone for the show except Gene. Wow. So now I just interviewed him. And when I was interviewing, I said, do you remember your audition? And he said, oh, God. And he just put his head down. And he said, we can't talk about that. I said, what do you mean we can't talk about it? And he said, okay, I just have to tell you this. I had never smoked a joint in my life. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's hilarious. And I was so nervous to meet you. I smoked more than I've ever smoked in my whole life in like 20 minutes waiting to come in. Oh my God. So you were basically his gateway drug. (laughs) You you opened the door. Exactly. (laughs) Well, now I know when it happens to me what what he was just doing. (laughs) Pot aside, he does, he is a very odd person. He he takes his time answering. You know, he, he... Yes. Furrows his yes. his brows yes. and you know shakes and mm, <laughs> he looks yes. in pain. Yes. You know he scrunches his face like he, and you're just asking him, do you want bread? Do you want <laughs> yeah. do you want a slice of bread? And it takes him a long time, even when he's not high on marijuana, right, to talk and yes. to answer. Yeah. Yeah. And he yeah. sometimes he's thinking about what you're saying, and sometimes he doesn't even remember. That right. I'm, right. I'm sitting there. Right. Yeah. Um. We have had some moments on the show, Shits Creek, which I'm yes. on with yes. him. I think more than anybody else where we cannot stop laughing at <laughs> yes. each other. Yes. And I don't know what it is yes. because we're totally different people. We have yeah. we have a similar sense of humor. I mean, yes. both infantile. <laughs> Very important. But we have had moments where you can tell the, the crew is pissed off because we can't get through a take because we're laughing. That's and, so great. And, and that is great. It's usually yeah. like at three in the morning and, and they really are pissed <laughs> yeah. off. Yeah. But it's been probably the most fun I've had since, well, since 
Get a Life. Get a Actually, Life. Get a Life was not fun until you directed it. Uh, that was. So, uh, I I love that show, and that that show should have lasted forever. No, it shouldn't have. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> well, it, the, the it lasted long enough. <laughs> believe me. <laughs> yeah. But that's sweet of you to say. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was. Um, yeah, it was a fun show. It was. Um, Sketch. It was like just yeah. doing a kind of a sketch every week, and, and but great writers. Adam Resnick, who yes. co-created it with me, who I think is yes. one of the most brilliant yeah. writers around. Uh, Charlie Kaufman wrote yes. on it. Um, it was a, a good group yeah. of people. Yeah. yeah, and it represented you well. It was very offbeat. It wasn't like anything else that ever right. had been on. And even no. now, if you look at it, it it'll yeah. look surreal in some way. I think so. In a good, in a good way. I think, I think, yeah, I think even yeah. now it's gone beyond yeah. the cult audience that liked it. And now it's yeah. just this audience that just looks at it and goes, what the hell were they doing in 1991, <laughs> yeah. 92? And my dad was, yeah. was on the show. Well, Eleanor Donahue <laughs> played my mother. Oh, was that Eleanor Donahue? That was Eleanor Donahue. Wow. And yes, I remember that. Here's of course. the funny, here's yes. a little interesting thing. Well, let's tell them Eleanor Donahue was Father Knows Best. She was Father Knows Best. She was also Andy Griffith's girlfriend for a while on the Andy yes. Griffith show. Yes. But June Lockhart played yeah. my mother in the pilot. Oh, and for some reason, the network didn't go for June Lockhart. Are you kidding? <laughs> it's just amazing. And, you know, it was just one of those things, I think, where they had to have something to say. They yes. had Because they had no idea what the show was. They yeah. had to say, uh, June yeah. Lockhart's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get yeah. rid of her and yeah. we're okay. And yeah. then we got her, Eleanor Donahue, basically the same. Same, the dog. same exact thing. <laughs> From, yeah. Same dog, yes. <laughs> I wouldn't call her a dog. But, but yes, same, same breed. Incredible. Yeah. I could never get over, even in those days, and they still do it, they'll just come in and want to fire someone and almost to show that they have authority over you, whatever you're doing. I did a pilot for, I guess it was for CBS, and it was it was going to be kind of like my family, uh, a version of my family, but I was going to be the <laughs> idiot that I am. <laughs> but the, but I, I was going to have two daughters and all that. And Abby, my oldest daughter, auditioned to play my daughter. And she was great, and we brought her to the network, and um, the network just didn't see it. <laughs> they, they just, they just, they for some reason, it just, uh, eh, yeah. I, don't, I, I don't know, maybe as the best friend, and she did. She played my daughter's best friend in the pilot. Another actress played my daughter. <laughs> You're part of a comedy dynasty, really. You're, okay, so your dad, Bob and Ray, were the, uh, not a handful of the best radio comedians ever. Oh, that's sweet to hear. They, I, oh, I agree. I oh, agree. That's so nice. If, yep. if you could find their work now, which has got to be around somewhere, you will still laugh out loud it, at their sketches and what they were doing. I, sometimes I will listen to stuff in, in the car, just if, uh, especially if I have a long drive. And I want to sleep while I'm driving. Yes. Um, I'll listen to Bob and Ray. No, yeah. they are still hilarious. Hilarious. They're hilarious yes. and before their time and, yes. and still before their time, I think, yeah. in, some, in some sense. And the people that they've influenced that still come up to me, you know, and say, God, your father and Ray just... Yeah. And your mother really influenced me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that, I think, is an insult when they say that, but... So Bob and Ray, they came up. We were so excited to have them. The crew was, everyone knew them when, when we were doing the show, early 70s, I think is when it was. And they came up and uh, they did the slow 
the most slow-talking person in America. Yeah, slow-talker America. <laughs> slow-talking America. Yeah. And, and the slow-talking America is being interviewed, and you have to go through. I understand you're the most slow-talking person in America. Yes, <laughs> I am <laughs> the, yes, <laughs> most slow it's unbelievable and they did it we believe <laughs> yes in speaking slowly <laughs> i know that by heart because yeah. i used to go to their broadway show well every weekend saturday and sometimes during the week i would go and sit in the wings so i knew every line yes. of every bit and mm-hmm. the slow talker was, I think that ended act one. And yes. that was a, a huge crowd pleaser, <laughs> yes. especially when he said, our credo is to believe. And that's when the lights just went down. <laughs> yes. I could also tell when they did that Broadway show, when they weren't happy with the audience. How could you tell? Because they would speed through it. It suddenly became the fast talker of America. <laughs> oh, <they> were... <laughs> it was like, you can't speed it, up the slow let, let's get out of here fast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they the the they went on tour with the show and they went down to uh, Fort Lauderdale, which at the time you know was known for a more elderly set. Mm-hmm. And um, my my dad, you know, used to joke that they would get feedback from hearing aids from people turning yeah. up their hearing aids. <laughs> and the doors, I guess, to the theater were in the back, and it was Florida. And during matinees, they could just see sunlight coming in constantly from people walking out of the <laughs> show, of the show yes. because they just they were not they were not like, into Bob and Ray that much that down there. And yeah. uh, and so those shows, there were a lot of things I, I can remember saying to the stage manager: "They're cutting stuff. They're cutting stuff," <laughs> yes. you know, because they wanted to um, yes. to get through that. You know, it all started with them trying to make each other laugh and and uh, trying to make their engineer laugh you know ray came in and read the news and uh, my dad had his own show he was a disc jockey and just started up a conversation with ray when ray was reading the news and tried to make ray laugh and then ray would try to make him laugh and then they put them together and and it's great bob and ray yeah Yeah. when you're doing radio at that time you had to create a picture for the audience. Right, right. Yeah, and they were, like, great at that. No, they were, and they were, uh, uh, they were mimics. They could, they could do impersonations of famous people, but really their expertise was impersonating, like, the real-life janitor yes, in their yeah. studio. Yes, <laughs> and, they, and they did them perfectly. Yes, yes. <laughs> but nobody knew that it was a person how perfect that, they were that was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the, the reason you're a dynasty, you're two daughters, right? Both daughters yeah, are so in the business. Abby was on SNL, is that right? She was on SNL for four years. She's on a show called Odd Mom Out now on Bravo. Mm-hmm. Bridie has a show, a movie going to Sundance that she wrote and directed and started stars in and uh so they're doing well they're they're both way funnier than i am and and also uh smarter and it's a different era you know like uh, to be able to do all that kind of stuff now with the internet and, and yeah all you that, can go you as know. far out as you need yeah to. yeah and also the the venues are there 
they weren't there when we were yes. working. I no. mean, you, no. there was, yeah. you and I were the only famous people around, <laughs> you know, everybody else. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, get, get a life now would be so easy to get on any of the fringe. Right. Networks right. That aren't in existed. a 15 minute form. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was the most fun. The writers were fun. You're the most. It, 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 it was fun because of, I've been such a fan of yours. And I remember thinking like I have, I've stepped into my TV set because <laughs> you directed and other famous yeah, yeah. people that I had, had grown up with directed. And I say grown up with, I was a teenager and my dad turned me on to you. My dad turned me on to SCTV. I love and, that he encouraged you like that. Yeah, I knew what was funny by what he was laughing at. So growing up, I kind of knew, okay, yeah, W.C. Fields is funny. The Laurel and Hardy are funny. You know, uh, the Marx yeah. Brothers are funny. You know. Yeah, well, it's so interesting to have a family DNA like you've got in comedy. It's just incredible because... Starts with radio, goes to you, television right. and movies, and your then goes to your daughters. Right, writing, producing, and right. comedy chops as well. It's just uh, it's just a great thing. I would love that to be in my family. Come and live with my family for a while. <laughs> see if you like it. I, you know, it has its ups and downs. That's for sure. Uh, no, it's it is a great thing. I, I'm proud of of. Everybody except me. And, and they, they get it from their sense of humor from their mother, too. I married somebody who was funny, just like, like you did. You don't, you're attracted to that, I yeah. think. And yes. uh, Abby's getting married this year, and um, her fiancé has no sense of humor, so I'm very worried <laughs> about that, that's how long very, that's going to last. That's but dangerous. I had no idea that I was going to go into comedy for sure. I knew I could make my friends laugh at school, mm -hmm. but I thought maybe I'd go into scenic design because I like drawing. My dad mm -hmm. painted and I mm -hmm. painted. I didn't do that. And then um, it really was running into Dave Letterman and yes. having him put me on TV. Tell me about that. Tell well, me about <laughs> anything about David Letterman is interesting to me. First of all, he is, again, an offbeat, genius in his own way i hate to be so just openly superlative but he is well like was. yourself he is <laughs> no i mean that sincerely and he was is a huge fan of yours he was a huge fan of my dad's mm -hmm. and he saw something in me that i don't think anybody else would have seen he definitely saw something in me that i didn't see well, how completely offbeat you are. You right. weren't in the rhythm with any, you're still not, any, <laughs> and, which is a compliment, any of the rhythm of any other comedians I've ever seen. You didn't care how big a jerk you were. No, no. I, I, and I found that the bigger jerk I was, the funnier yes. it was. And it also was more or less just like Ray was trying to make my dad laugh and he was yeah. trying to make Ray laugh. It yeah. was simply me trying to make Dave laugh. Yes. The, I Honestly, I remember from the first time going out on that show, not even thinking about the audience. Just, oh yeah, there's bleachers with a blob up there. Yes. But it's really Dave. I'm looking at Dave and yeah. I'm watching his face and if he laughs, yeah. then whatever I'm doing is working. Yes. But I honestly think, and 
I, I don't know how serious your podcast gets. I suffer a little bit from depression, maybe mm-hmm. a lot from depression, mm-hmm. and like a lot of comedians do. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of my comedy, like I had the best upbringing you could possibly imagine. It does not come from a, a dark place like that. Mm-hmm. I had the mm-hmm. best parents mm-hmm. you could possibly imagine. But I think because I'm uptight, depressed, and kind of nervous that that came through in a lot of my early characters. And yes. what looked like I was acting was really me just like wanting to get the hell off stage <laughs> and get out of there. So and that made Dave laugh. And, yes. and then eventually I parlayed that into, oh, okay, I know how to do that now. I know how to be uptight yes. now when I come out. <laughs> I can act it now instead of uh, having to actually feel yeah. it. The depression is so common to comedians, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Every comedian I know yes. is yeah. on something, yeah. I, is taking yeah. something, yeah. and none of them are working. Yeah, I, I, yeah. no, 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 the pills, no. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's, it's, I'm not a doctor, but I would assume there's a genetic thing to it. My dad certainly isn't. Um, I, I would say my mom had some bouts with it, and maybe somebody I don't know in my family down the line had it. Yeah. But I do think it has helped me. Again, it's not like saying, yeah, my, my comedy comes from a really dark place place as you know it's horrible it's not that at all it's no but on the other hand i think all my characters not to interrupt because this is your podcast but let me interrupt you for a second (laughs) i think all my characters are essentially the same but i think they're all depressed people used to ask me describe your characters and i used to say oh, it's a weird guy with like blinders on. He just sees the world one way and that's the way it is and all that. But I think it's that all my characters are depressed and they're trying to cover it up with bravado or by being suave or pretending they're better looking than they are or wishing they were better looking than they are, which, of course, I do. This depression thing as a dialectic is is accurate, I feel, that to comedians. In other words... If you had a great childhood, right. if the girls in high school loved you, right. and you were a fabulous athlete, right. and everyone just thought you were just a wonderful person, right. and you had a little money in the bank, you're right. going to make a lousy comedian. Right. <laughs> However, that's what I wish my next life would be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't part? care if I'm funny or not. <laughs> I want not. a full head of hair. <laughs> I want a big chin. I want a huge cock. I want all the money in the world. <laughs> and I want to be the most popular guy. <laughs> yeah. if I Fuck could... being funny. <laughs> If I could grant it, I would. Well, that's why I'm here. I yeah. thought this was... <laughs> we're in this chamber here. I thought I was going to walk out looking like that. No, so, but that is something about yeah. you. And I should I should tell you this because yeah. it, it's a little... I don't know. A little man crush-ish. <laughs> yeah. But there were comedians when I grew up that I would watch who I thought were suave. I thought you... <laughs> had a Cary Grant suaveness <laughs> about you, which was totally different than yeah. Jackie Gleason or yes. Buddy Hackett yes. or somebody coming on like that. Suddenly you would come on and you looked cool. You were handsome. You were smart. I'm talking in the past because all that's gone now. <laughs> but, 
but I guess I felt that way a little bit about Dick Cavett, but I, I didn't laugh at Dick Cavett the no. same way. And, and I wished I was you. I wished, and I knew from the time I was a kid, I was ugly. Um, and, and was, was, there was nothing I could do about yeah. it. And not only were you funny, but you were so suave and so cool looking. <laughs> and that's what stood out to me. I remember after being in this business, I'm working for Dave for so many years and meeting you or meeting people in the airlock before the yeah. show and saying hi and all that. I am still completely starstruck when I meet somebody that I admire. And also we work together who I, you know, and we we actually talked about doing a show together. I remember going over to your house. Yes. And I think you said you were really just doing it because you needed new French doors in the living room. (laughs) But we... uh, Uh, we were in your house and we talked about with Adam, Adam Resnick, and yes. we were talking about maybe doing a show together. And I thought, wow, wouldn't that be great just working with David on a show? The French doors were such a motivation. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Did I, you, I, I, I don't think you got them because the show didn't happen. I didn't really know what they were. Was right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't it, know what the show was. No. That's why. Yes. I just quite can't quite get over the the amount of comedy in a, in one family it's just so interesting because it's a it's a healthy family this isn't a family that is neurotic and no. crazy and no it's the opposite in a way it's it's liberal it is no when yeah. we get together it's thanksgiving we love to get together we love to the, we all have a different kind of sense of humor but we all can find the same things to laugh at too i always thought i was completely different than my dad and and then I started watching some of his early, really early stuff, like when he was on the Ed Sullivan show, when Bob and Ray were on the Ed Sullivan show, and they were doing things with like fake mustaches yes. and with my dad in the audience saying, excuse me, I have a question. I and, yes. and it was like, well, well I did that. Yeah. I was doing that on Letterman. And yeah. it never, I didn't know that when I was doing that on Letterman. I didn't know that, oh, my dad had done this already. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's being a regular person who's absolutely crazy in some way. Yeah, yeah. You don't know where the boundaries are, so you're compelled to watch. Right, (laughs) And then it's just so funny at any stop you take along the way. That's true. That's a great way to put it. And I guess like Andy Kaufman sort of had the same thing going for him. Like I think with Bob and Ray, you knew they were were normal guys, you know. But Andy Rooney once, he told some story about like walking down the street and seeing them across the street and Bob and Ray saw him, and without even like looking at each other saying, let's do this, they just both pointed at him and started laughing, hilarious. <laughs> and they buckled over and just started laughing and pounding their knees and laughing. And Andy Rooney was just walking by himself down the street, <laughs> you know, and they, they just yeah. thought the whole way down the yeah. street, they were pointing and laughing and people were, yeah. were staring, yeah. staring at us. Well, see, that's the DNA. It's, the, it, it's finding absurdity all the time. Right, right. That Because both your dad and Ray were the most uh, middle-class, average people physically. Oh, that you definitely. Ever see. Definitely. He was big. 
your dad was thinner. Yeah, yeah. But they just look like if you pass them on the street, there's no way you would think those are those guys you heard on radio or saw on Ed Sullivan that but were so I, I, I said it funny. before. I, I didn't know what he did for a living until I finally went to his studio once and, and saw, you know, oh, he, oh I see. You know, because no. he would come home. He dressed in a suit. He wore took a, he, a briefcase, a briefcase <laughs> yes. to work. Yes. And uh, he was a nine to five and he would come home at five and have a cocktail and play solitaire, have dinner and go to bed, you know, and, <laughs> so and, so and he'd great. wake up in the morning, put brill cream in his hair and, and, you know, oh. off he'd go. And, oh, so and it, it was not like what you would imagine a comedian would <laughs> yes. be, would yes. be. Yeah. And I don't really describe him as a comedian, and I guess humorist is closest, but yeah. Whitney Balliot described them as like uh, jazz musicians in a way, that they play off each other, they riff off each other. They had writers, they, because when they were doing radio, they had to have extra people help with ideas for things. But basically, they were just, their timing and all that was was just so innate they just knew each other yeah. so well and they had so much in common you know coming from massachusetts and ray lived in long island we lived in new york but oddly enough ray's house in long island was a old tudor house and ours was an old tudor brownstone in new york city you know it was like they there was just these Similarity. overlaps yeah, yeah that how, how long were they together as a team about uh, 50 years, wow. I would say. Wow. Yeah. yeah. What is it that you haven't done in comedy that you want to do? You have, you've had shows, you've starred in shows, you've written them, you've been Letterman's go-to comedy guy. You've had such a variety of <laughs> characters all it's in one. It's a really good question. And I, for some reason, I anticipated you asking it. <laughs> and I couldn't come up with an answer. I, what do you want to do? You're doing this, and yeah. you're having fun doing this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I've almost reached a point where I, I don't know what should I do I, I honestly don't know there's so much out there mm-hmm. and like I was saying before when I first started at Letterman if something happened in the news or a celebrity did something stupid mm-hmm. I had a couple of days to come up with something really funny to do mm-hmm. on the show yes. to parody it mm-hmm. nowadays if something happens in the news or a celebrity does something stupid it is up online. Somebody has something brilliant up online yes. within a half hour. Yes. yes. And that, that. I don't think nowadays I could have made it because back back then, uh, yeah. yeah. Because, because how quickly yeah. other people respond. Right. Yeah. I think, I think you know, back then nobody else was doing it. Yeah. So, so I stood out. Yeah. Nowadays, I, I, I don't know what I could do that's different. You know, because everything is different nowadays. So much is different on um, what I'm enjoying doing is just acting. I'm actually enjoying reading other people's lines, coming in, hearing people say, oh, I was such a fan of yours on Letterman. You know, so happy to have you on our show and doing guest spots on shows or a recurring part or doing like Schitt's Creek is 
an ideal job. I'm working right. with, to me, what is like working with Laurel and Hardy yes. to be working with Catherine, Catherine and, and Eugene yeah. and, I, yeah. and, and the rest of the cast, which are great. Yeah. And it's really f- the pressure's off. It's sort of like, oh, I can just go and have fun. And what's really fun about that show for me, and, and it was when you directed me, Forget a Life, was to realize in between takes, oh, David Steinberg's making me laugh, or David Steinberg's letting me make him laugh. And that's the same with Eugene. It's like suddenly in between a take, he'll do a character. He'll come up and he'll go, you know, the cheese is awful. You gotta, you have to try it. It's awful. It's just, you know, he'll, he'll do something. Yes. And I'm thinking to myself, Eugene Levy is trying to make me laugh and we're not, I'm not getting paid. He's not getting paid for this. And, and that's really exciting for me. So in terms of wanting to do anything else, I, I, uh, there was a time I thought maybe I could try to do maybe something like what Bill Murray did and move into like a lost in translation kind of thing. And, and I, I, I don't think people would buy me doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> I think I'm who I am and, and I'll just keep doing this stuff. And I'm lucky enough now that there are people that remember me enough to say, oh, yeah, we need a, a weird guy for this. Let's call Chris Elliott. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not remember you, respect you so well, much. that's for, sweet. Really, but, that is the fact. Chris, thank you so much. Well, I've been 